Welcome to the Chicago Bears Podcast. A presentation of ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Here's your host, Pat the Designer. Bear Down Bears fans, welcome into the first episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. I'm your host, Pat the Designer, joined on a Monday by the man, myth, legend, Chicago Bear, Lance Briggs. We are going to be breaking down for you today. The Chicago Bears defense, a lot of moves made this offseason. Will they be improved? We're also going to be talking about where the Bears are going to rank in the North. Is Aaron Rodgers going anywhere? Is he ever going to leave this uh, this this Green Bay City? And then finally, got to ask Lance on what it's like to go through draft day. All that and more coming up on the, today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. This is what I'm excited about. We're here. Lance, what's going on, brother? How you doing? How you doing, designer? How you doing? Hey man, listen. I, I I live here. You know what I mean. Yes. It, it's it, it's an up and down thing. I, I I'm a uh, I'm excited about the draft. I'm also very fearful. I think like many Bears fans here that have gone through these draft days. Yeah, I, and I, and I understand that fear. I know there's been many years where uh, things haven't panned out. You know, and yeah. uh, shoot, I was part. I was on the teams when when some of these first rounders didn't pan out or some of the players didn't pan out, but. Uh, I'm hopeful, you know, and and there's reasons uh, uh, to 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 be excited. There's so many reasons, yep. more reasons to be excited than to fall back on the stuff that's happened in the past. Um, uh, you know, I'm one of the I'm one of the you know I have a football mentality, so it's always the 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 next play. It's always the next play mentality, you know. Right. So so regardless of how many years that 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 we've kind of been, you know, Bears fans have been dragged through. Uh, uh, you know, some of these, these, uh, um, um, playoffless years, I have great feeling that, that that's going to change really soon. I, I mean, I hope so. I mean, we've, we've seen a lot of changes happen here, uh, starting off this season, right, Lance? I mean, oh, yeah. the, the, the topic I want to start this off with because you're here, this is why Bears fans are coming to the Chicago Bears podcast because it's not only the fact that we're back in a 4 3 defense, but, and we've added these players in, but you've played in that 4 3. You've yes. succeeded in that 4 3. You've gone to a Super Bowl in that 4 3, right? And so to me, right, when you're, when you're looking at this defense, question on the table to start this off. First Welcome quarter. into the first quarter of the show the first quarter we're breaking this down in quarters this football baby let's do it mm-hmm. what is chicago bears defense being proved we saw a lot of additions tremaine edmonds tj edwards demarcus walker guys like that right that are coming on to this defense and i think are going to be impact pieces but you've played in this defense you understand what it takes for this defense to work and i'm not the kind of person that i feel okay while we took this player we hope this player makes an impact in the draft I can't guarantee that every rookie is going to walk into the NFL and say, hey, the league is mine. I'm going to take over. I'm going to have instant impact. With what we see that's currently on this team, will the Chicago Bears defense be improved this season? Yes, they will for a number of reasons. And, uh, you know, when I as I break down, you know, the the current roster, uh, I'm going to break it down more by the value that they hold right now as opposed to uh, uh, the most important positions on the defense. Uh, but, but more importantly than all of that, uh, is it's about how you play the game. It's always going to be about how you play the game rather than the scheme, you know, or, or <clears throat> the call that the coach makes. So the biggest indicator on, on uh, the, the success of this defense 
it, it goes back to Matt Eberflus. And when you watch the, the Indianapolis Colts defense over the last five years and how they got after it and got after the ball, you know, yeah. that is the, the number one indication of what's going to be implied here when these, these, these positions get plugged in or the guys that are currently here uh, 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 buy into the system and start making changes. So you and I'll start with the the <clears throat> right now in in my opinion the the number one group right now which is the DBs you know right. I believe our DBs are our strongest t- our, our strongest unit defensively and we can start with uh um we can start with my man Eddie J uh because I mean two years ago or coming into last year or next uh, yep. last year he was what he was the biggest question mark I had on this team you know and 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 he answered. All of those questions and more, you know, and and to me, I saw and I saw not even a, the old Eddie J. I saw in more approved older Eddie J. A guy yeah. that's making plays on the in the in the deep field, but he's also being physical and coming up and hitting. And we hadn't seen that from him uh, before. He seemed like he finally put the talent with the knowledge of football. I feel like we saw the talent so quickly when he came into the league, and now he has that understanding of where to be on the defense. And he was just able to attack uh, last season. Yeah, hey, I think he answered a challenge. I think there was yeah. he was challenged by a coach that he uh, uh, respects. I think he was challenged by, a, and he met the he met that challenge. It was he was very fun to watch, um, and I hope that uh, that trend for him continues because uh, he's in a le- very uh, big leadership role in that defense. So guys are going to turn to him, and if he plays the right way, he sets the tone. The the, the guys that come in know, understand that this is the way we do things uh, in the Chicago Bears. <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, it's so interesting, right? And you, you brought up the DB group. I think that that is probably something that a lot of people looked at last season, and they didn't think that we were going out, right, and getting two DBs to start off the draft. They thought we were going to get offensive weapons. But I think, right, like the – it feels to me like Ryan Poles understands, listen, there's also a way to help the offense out. I want to help Justin. I want to get Justin these weapons. But there's also a part of this where, like you guys did, right, if we're taking this football away, Justin Fields is starting at the 45. Mm-hmm. He has an opportunity that is much easier to get in the end zone. Now Justin Fields isn't on the field as long. Now Justin Fields isn't sitting there, you know, getting tired, yeah. getting worn out early in these games because he's still going to have to be an athletic guy. I do want to mm-hmm. ask you this, though, mm-hmm. right? We, we brought up these lineback, this linebacking group. Right. You played in this system where you guys had wreckers up front. Yes. It at least right now does not feel like the Chicago Bears have wreckers up front. That's the hope that we're going to acquire these guys in the draft. Maybe some cuts that come up, right? We can find some nice pieces that come in in that situation. But I got to ask you, if there is a situation where the Chicago Bears don't go out and find what I believe is the linchpin of this defense in that three technique, how is this defense going to work? Because you still got to go out there and play. You still got to go out yeah. there and make plays. As a linebacker who was able to kind of be behind that, how how do you navigate that? How does that make this harder or easier for you? Because I do think this defense will be improved, but I don't know if I have an answer up front yet. Well, you, you know, it, there's you you take what you can get, <clears throat> and yeah. rather than reaching for the the players that we want him to get to protect. Uh, Justin Fields, he yeah. took guys that he knew. Look, these guys can play at a, a Pro Bowl or All Pro level right now, which which sets them apart from reaching to get an offensive lineman that's high risk. You know, for and and so now we move into this year, and he's picking up players that 
are less high risk and more uh, high level elite players, that yeah. that helps us right off the bat. Uh, Absolutely. And and you know defensively, you know the with will will we be at a loss for not having a a a top elite three technique? Probably so, but we'll make yeah. up all of that stuff with our effort. Uh, right. And and he brought in listen, he brought in Tremaine Edmonds, T.J. Yeah. Edwards. You have yeah. a Jack Sanborn that proved himself last year, uh, <clears throat> and so you have to me you have a core at linebacker right now. You have a core in the defensive backfield right now. So you're building leadership, all right? Yeah. And the 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 defensive line is something that's going to be addressed, but we are still building, you know, and, and no answers are going to happen overnight. We can bring in some players. You know, I've seen this before. I've seen a, a Philadelphia Eagles team that was the dream team, all right? You can yeah. bring in a bunch of players. It doesn't mean that they're going to play well together, you know? So yeah. you, you build this thing brick by brick, and by saying so – you know, we'll make up with we'll make up for the loss of some talent here and there with our effort. <clears throat> we'll definitely do it with our effort, and then we'll start to plug in the right pieces. And as we do that, we we continue to get continue to get even more dominant. With you as a player, right? Because I, I, I like how you bring up the effort. I, I, I'm always intrigued by the effort when it comes on the field, right? Because in, in the mind of the fan, right? You you play in the NFL. You should always be giving the effort, except, you know, listen, you you don't always get that same effort when you go to work every day and you hate your boss. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I always compare yeah. it to that, right? It's like, listen, if, if you don't like your boss, if you don't like your head coach, you may not play as hard. Sure. Were you the guy that was kind of the – Right, the the rah rah like I like a coach that's trying to hype us up, kind of like Flus is doing, right? With that hits principle, he wants to get guys in there. These are the principles we're following. You got to keep the energy, high intensity, all of that, right? Were you the guy that liked that in the NFL, or were you more no. the like I come here to do my job, and if y'all not doing y'all job, get out my way? No, um, no, but you know, I, I when I say and it's it's never it's never just it was never just me, you know. Yeah, Peanut and I came in together. Um, and, uh, you know, whoever coached him, you know, had a similar way of coaching me because we were two guys. All we did was we ran, we ran, we ran, yeah. we ran, and it showed up on tape. So in practices, you know, we're running 30, 40 yards to the other side of the field every yeah. play. You know, and it was one of those things that was taken notice where where uh, Greg Blotch at the time, he'd get on the tape and he'd, he'd have the pointer. He's like, and it, he'd, he'd coach up the whole drill and then – he was always say 55 because he didn't want to mention our names. He didn't care about rookies' names. You know, he was, he's 33, way to run to the ball. 55, 33, way to run to the ball. You know, he was doing every play, and he, he dropped the, the, the uh, pointer, and he looked around to the group, the group. He said, why am I calling 33 and 55 every play? You know, it was, it was like everybody needs to run to the ball moving forward, right? <clears throat> and it was one of those, you know, all the, all the older guys kind of turned to us and kind of grunted, you know. Damn it! You got us running to the ball now, you know. But that was that was one of the things that was just it was it was ingrained, you know. It was ingrained, yeah. and so uh, that carried on. But as a player, I was always I was always excited, just as excited as for my teammates making a play than from than myself, you know. So it, it was I was a guy that no matter how tired I was, I'm yeah. gonna hustle over to celebrate with you, you know, because that was a big deal. You know, and, and, and also, you know, when you think of, you know, in the unselfish part of, of football is understanding that even though you didn't make the play, you made the play. Yeah. You know, I took a blocker out. 
you know, and because I took the blocker out, I cleaned it up for the guy behind me and he made the play. You know, he, yeah. it was, you know, we, we all get put in position. We have our opportunities. You know, my opportunity was to set it up on that play and you, you cleaned it up. You know, I'm celebrating yeah. with Brian. I'm celebrating with Peanut. Celebrate <laughs> with Ottawale. I'm celebrating with Alex. You know, because yeah. they did it. Like, like we, it was a bit trust thing. You know, so I was, I was certainly a guy that was always there. Once you made that play, I was going to be the first guy there to, to, to dap you up. Who are you looking to be that guy in this defense? I think, I think for me, right, like we always, we always look at the the high money guys as the right. Like uh, uh, Tremaine Edmonds comes in, he's the highest paid player. Yeah, you got to be that guy. You got to be the guy that's rallying your guys around you. T.J. Edwards coming in off of a really high impact. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. What I saw from Sanborn last season, mm -hmm. that's the guy that I'm I'm looking at, and I'm really like. If if you can just be maybe not he'll he'll probably never be the most athletic mm -hmm. linebacker we have on our team, but I just saw a smart player and I saw a guy that loved to see his teammates have success. Right when when uh uh um uh, why why am I blanking on a safety we took last season? Jaquan um, Brisker. Jaquan Brisker. When Jaquan Brisker's <clears throat> getting a sack, Sanborn's right there with them. You know, getting hype with him. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I love to see that. Who, who are you looking to be that guy in this defense? Like you were. Look, if you're if if you play the linebacker position the way you're supposed to, yeah. you should be at making the play or near the play every down. Yeah. And so that player should be their your line one of the linebackers, if not all three. If you got all right. three, then it's then it's special, you know. But right. you got to have you got to remember the you you have three levels. You have that first level, which is your D line. You have your second level, which is your linebackers, and then third level is your DBs. You know, Absolutely. plays behind the line of scrimmage. You're not going to see a lot of DBs there. You know, yeah. plays in the uh, in the deep. You're not going to see a lot of uh, D linemen there. But where you will see, you'll see linebackers at all one of those levels. So with that being said, if you're hustling, you have great effort. Those linebackers should be there, either making yeah. a play or celebrating with the guys that did. What, what's your what's your expectation? Let's close it out with this because the first quarter has been so much fun, man. First quarter, Chicago Bears podcast. We're going to be here Monday through Friday. Make sure you're tuning in with us, me, Lance, Courtney Cronin, John Yurkovich, Jason McKee. It's going to be a great time. We're going to have guests in here as well, man. Um, what What is your how, – how difficult is it, right, mm -hmm. if you don't get that pressure up front for the linebacking core, for the DBs? How difficult – because I don't think people – got a good estimation of that last season, right? We're sitting here, yeah. we're, we're, oh, you got to make that play. You got to be in on that play. Well, and there's just not pressure from the front. Yeah, well, the the stress, the the majority of the stress is going to come in that, in that well, in the pass game. Uh, you, can, yeah. you can get a role guy to come up and <clears throat> and fit in his gaps. You know, yeah. fit in his gaps, we can get, we can be in a seven-man, we can be in a, a, a eight-man front, seven-man, he might get pushed around a little bit. Which is gonna, right. which is gonna, uh, um, which is gonna be a, a, a detriment when it comes to the run game. But you, for for the most part, you can get a guy to come in and plug himself in the gap that he's supposed to be in for right. us to stop the run. But <clears throat> it's always uh, the the biggest indication for if it's gonna be a long year or not is if you have a quarterback that's able to look left, look right, and then look right, look left again. We're in trouble. Okay. Yes. He should only have enough time to look left and come back to the check down. All right. And, and, and when you're doing that, then you're based off of it. Then it's timing. Your timing's working on defense. And that is where you take a, a, a defensive backfield right now. Where I think we have one of the top defensive backfields in the NFL. And yeah. they will take 
full advantage. They're going to jump routes. They're going to be all over. There's going to be tip balls. We're going to start taking the ball away at a at a high at a high level. And yeah. um, and I think with uh, an elite pass rush, um, the 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 our Kyler and and Jalen Johnson and and yeah. you know uh, Jaquan, I think that. We lead the league. I think we lead the league, and it's not even close in uh, in takeaways, interceptions, PBUs, all of the above. Without that pass rush, um, there's 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 a little more caution because there's there, there's more things you have to worry about, and we have to remember nobody can cover anybody for forever. It's the NFL. You know, what I mean? it's the NFL. <laughs> it's they the NFL. too, right? So, yeah, the, the guy, the, my favorite thing to say when, when a lot of people are just like, you got to be able to make that play. It's like, I don't know if y'all know this. The guys on the other side, they get paid a lot of money oh, yeah. to score touchdowns. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. They're pretty good at what they do as well. Hey, man, that was the first quarter of the first episode of the Chicago Bears podcast, man. If you guys haven't done so, hit that like button, subscribe to the page. First off, Lance is here. You should have hit the like button already. Don't, stop playing with us. But hit that like button, subscribe to the page. If you're listening on the podcast side, leave a five-star review. We appreciate you guys for showing so much love. Let's get into the second quarter, second Lance, quarter. Because we... Had a Chicago Bears team that uh, is picking the top 10 for a reason last season. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the worst team in the NFC North. And when you looked at it last year, it felt like it at times. You were excited about what was to come. But I feel like especially right on, on just somebody uh, ineptitude is the wrong word. Inability is the right word I'm looking for to stop opposing offenses, right? The Chicago Bears found themselves at three and fourteen. The the points allowed last year was at <laughs> astronomical levels, right? And I have to ask you this question: Coming into this season, where everything is sitting right now, we got the Vikings, we got the Lions, who I think have improved vastly. Yeah. I don't know what the Packers are at this point. Are the Chicago Bears still the worst team in the NFC North? I I I I don't believe so. Uh, I think that uh, the team to beat right now is Detroit. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you're looking at, um, I think, where you're neck and neck, uh, Chicago and Minnesota. You know, uh, the, there's they lost some pieces, and, and even with the pieces that they had last year, I thought they underperformed. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, 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 they dramatically underperformed. And the question mark goes to Green Bay, you know, with a, with a new quarterback, um, I just don't see it happening right now. They lost a lot of pieces there as well. And, and there it's, a, I think it's a big prove it. It's going to be a big prove it for the NFC North, which is yeah. good. I think you have three teams that, that uh, have huge question marks and you have one team that should be taking the step, the next step in their progression. Right. If they don't, then there's question marks with what, what, what they're doing, you know, but, I, but I do see a, a Detroit Lions team that's, that uh, has played some inspiring ball over these last two seasons, and they just missed the playoffs, they should be playoff bound this uh, this upcoming year. <clears throat> it, it's going to be so interesting to see. I, I think the, the one story everybody's watching, right, is, is Aaron Rodgers actually leaving. He says he wants to play for the Jets. The Packers and Jets just started talking again today. That's the one that everybody's paying the closest attention to. But r- realistically to me, I have so many questions on this Vikings team. And it's not just right. Like everybody wants to just throw it at Kirk Cousins. Oh, Kirk Cousins isn't this. He is this. He's he's not. I I don't know if I think Kirk Cousins is a world beater out here, right? But I think he's a good enough quarterback that if you put a good team around him, he wins. My biggest question with this Viking team is: last season they scored four hundred and twenty-four points. 
but they allowed 427. They've been in, that's how you, that, that puts you out of the playoffs. They've been an underperforming defense for years. You know, they had yeah. a stacked defense. You know, they had a stacked defense back uh, uh, when, when Zimmer was there. And yeah. I, I remember watching that, that first game of the season against San Francisco and, and being very disappointed because they went up. They had, some, they had points. They went up. They were up a, yeah. a touchdown, maybe 10 points. And I just watched them play undisciplined defense. And yeah. and to me, it's you have you have you have too many elite type players on this defense to allow yourselves to not be disciplined enough to play the way you're supposed to. You when whenever your offense gets up on a team, they score points, or even you score points on defensively. Yeah. Um, there's there's there should never be number one. There should never be a let up, and yeah. and defenses are not designed to allow uh, uh, offenses to score. That's not the way it works. And, 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 and when you get away from the sentiment of understanding offenses only take what defenses give them, you know, then why are you giving the offense all these points? You know, it really comes down to that. Your mentality has to come to play when you play defense. And if you don't have the right mentality, you are going to give up a ton of points. I know this sounds crazy. I, I mean, I'm on the first episode here. We're, we're going to be doing this all season, but like, I really think the Bears could be competing for second place this season. I don't think I don't know if they'll get it. I think they'll be third place. I personally have the Bears at about seven, maybe eight wins. Um, I think they will be there will be improvement second year fields in the system. But I really think right the, the part that people don't often take into account when you go into that next season, the Vikings aren't playing the second place schedule next year. Yeah. You're playing the best of the best in the NFL. They finished in four, first 13 and four, right? The Lions are playing a, a second place schedule. They're nine and eight. Yeah. How is that going to affect these teams? How does that change from year to year? We saw the Bears, right? We we won all those games. We're excited. We got the defense. Mm-hmm. Mitch Trubisky looks like he's going to be a world beater. Let's make it happen. And then yeah. all of a sudden we got a first place schedule. It's like, oh, these teams are tough. Hold up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you, and there's a lot of changes going on in the NFL. You know, Tom Brady's gone. We don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be in, in New York with the Jets, but the Jets were showing uh, promise last year. There's changes yeah. going on, you know, and, and so, you know, you have, a, you have a, 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 a rookie quarterback in San Francisco and Brock Purdy who proved enough to say, I, got, I get the starting bid here in San Francisco. Uh, yeah. There's question marks in Arizona. So when you say, when we look at, at – at where where the NFC North is going to lie, it also comes into play on the how the play outside of the division. You know, yes. we might be in a dogfight here in the division, but we can you can pick up enough wins on the outside to get yourself where you need to be in place. What do you have the North right now in the NFL? Like like I get I'm not gonna say like rank each one of them in order, but like do you feel like the North is at still a competitive top half of the NFL or are we at the bottom? No, we're the, we're we're a little more toward the, the toward the bottom right uh, now. The bottom. You know, which which <clears throat> it, I mean, beneficial situation though, right? Like listen, yes. Dallas goes to the playoffs every year. Yes. And we know why. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean I'd say I'd say that uh uh the NFC South is that that's that that's the class, right? I think they're they're, I I think we're a little we're maybe a nose, uh, a, a hair above the NFC North, uh, yeah. but you know that there's it, it you never know and, and things can change at any time. You know you get the right coaching, you get you you put the right pieces in place, and the next thing you know, wow, this this group's looking competitive. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be so, especially, I'll tell you this, the NFC South to me is just, 
I I see co- competition, mm-hmm. but I don't know what the Falcons are. Yeah, I don't know what the Panthers are. I don't know what the Buccaneers. Are. Right, you know. I, I know. I know that the Saints got uh, 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 Derek Carr. Right, and who was with the Raiders, who have underperformed yeah. each year. You yeah. know, it, it's just it's hard. To, it's hard to say. It's hard. It's hard to 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 predict. The NFC is so like it's it's who'd have thought coming into this season we'd be talking about the NFC East as probably one of the best the divisions. Best divisions. Like I mean, years. Yeah. Of just like it's the Cowboys, and then everybody else has five wins. Correct. And and they might compete to get in the playoffs. Very weird, man. That's the second quarter, man. Appreciate you guys for showing love as always. Second quarter is uh, really a pivotal moment here because uh, just like in, in football, right? If you go into the half with the lead. You're doing good things. We got the lead at the half right now. Are we are we leading at the half right now? We got the lead, but you know what? Listen, this is where adjustments are made. I got to <laughs> see how they've been effective for the first two quarters, and this is how you know we thought they were going to attack us this way. They chose yep. to attack us this way, and this yep. is the this is how we're going to adjust, and we're going to take it to them in the second half. Let's adjust it in the second half, Lance, as we get ready to get into the third quarter out here, because here is a conversation that people have been talking about. This player seems to be a world beater. I feel like you played in an NFL where this position was still a very premium position, and you had one of the best running up against us in Minnesota all the time. Daniel Jeremiah said, I believe end of last week, don't sleep on B. John Robinson to the Chicago Bears. We've talked with it, and this is draft week. This is when this is most important in Chicago. Yeah. The Chicago Bears right now have a slew of holes that they need to fill. And I think a lot of times we only think about the starting lineup. And you you also got to think about the guy. It's football in case that guy goes down. In case that guy goes down, who's making that move? Yeah. Are the Chicago Bears in position where they can draft B. John Robinson? In the first round, even whatever scenario you have it right, say they move back from nine, get 17, whatever it is. Are you in a position right now where I think Bijan's a can't miss, but I also don't think that we're in a position to take a player like that. So, you know, listen, you're right. You're in Illinois. I'm in the state of Arizona. All right. Yeah. Bijan is he's one of the top talents to come out of this state, you know, yep. out there in uh, in Tucson, which I'm very familiar with because that's where my lovely U of A Wildcats are, but um, he's, uh, you know, you're right. He's a can't-miss talent. Uh, However, it's just not – you don't want to reach. And for the Bears to reach for a running back, even at his talent, um, would mean that we we were neglecting what our issues are. You know, and and Khalil Herbert proved last year that – we can be we can be extremely effective with him starting, or or bringing in a running back at a later at a on a later round at a later pick. Yeah. Once we have satisfied what we need right now, uh, and and right now there are some very talented uh, offensive linemen in this draft. So why would we ignore those those, those talents and go to a running back when we have an effective running back on our team right now? Yeah. The hope is we we do what we do. We get our picks this year. And who knows? Maybe next year, if there's a talent like that, we can we can pick that pick the next Bijan. I, I think I, I'm I'm very much right. I'm not a guy that I think you take a running back in the first round ever. 
I, I don't think that – right, does that mean that I miss out on Adrian Peterson? Absolutely. Does that mean that I miss out on uh, B. John Robinson, that I miss out on t- top me, running backs in history? Well, Darren? let me ask you this. Let me ask Let's you this. <clears throat> if, there's, if there's a running back in college, okay, he's 200 – say he's 235 pounds, okay? Mm-hmm. And before we get to the combine numbers, we see this guy just tearing through people. He takes, I mean, he after first contact, he gets at least four to five yards on each right. contact. We're talking Saquon Barkley, Bijan, we're talking all these guys, but at 235 pounds, uh, <clears throat> workhorse guy. You get a guy like him and you say, and with 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 uh, all kinds of conditioning, a kid, guy can go, yeah. he can go all game long. <clears throat> you get a guy like this and you look at today's NFL where you have linebackers that are 220 pounds, 225 pounds. Yeah. This guy is going to be a nightmare for these people. You know, yeah. you to me, you'd be foolish not to get him. And right now in America, he is being trained somewhere. I don't know where, maybe in the far corners of the, of the <laughs> Northeast, maybe someday where down t- in Texas, because they breed him like yeah. that in Texas. But yeah. this kid is growing and he's learning and they're going to put him out there and, and eventually he's going to be on that draft board. And and I think I think that's the thing, though, right? Like to me, if you're in the position to take that guy, I think you take him because the problem the problem a lot of times that I notice on the outside looking in is that we take those guys very high. Right. And then we say, now it's your job to do. it. I, th- I think that sometimes I see organizations get a great talent and say that because of the talent you have, we're going to focus elsewhere on what we need to build. So they get those guys like a Derrick Henry, right? Derrick Henry's an amazing running back. He's my favorite running back in the NFL right now. But there were times before Vrabel got there where they were like, Derrick, knock that dude out. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, we, I, can I get some offensive linemen in front of me? No, 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 just hit him. You, you hit him, and then they'll fall over, and you keep going. Like, that beats up players right now I feel the same way about how we view a lot of the mobile quarterbacks in the NFL well he's got legs so we don't need to sit there and give him a great offensive line I just think that right I've seen Hall of Fame running backs mm-hmm. and you look at them and you're like that's a great running back he, he's top all time but we don't talk about the guy that came in after him a lot of times that still was able to get a thousand yards because the offensive line in front of that guy was just as phenomenal as it was in front of the Hall of Famer the Hall of Famer made it exponentially better but you're still getting that great production. That's where I look at, right, the running back position. I say, if I get those beefy guys up front, I feel more comfortable with that. Are you, t- are you talking like a Neil Anderson after Walter Payton? Like, just, hey, Neil Anderson was nice. I'm you just know? saying. <laughs> right. He was nice. When you like look Neil. at those numbers, right. you don't sit there and just go, wow, he sucked after a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I hear you. I, I, I hear so you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not – and here's the thing. I also think that there's situation, there's case in point. For me, with situation, right, I don't think the Bears are in that situation right now. Guess what? If we turn into the freaking 49ers, go get a running back. Go get a B. John Robinson who can play a Debo Samuel type of role in that offense and can command top money because B. John ain't just – B. John can't catch the football. He didn't have to do it at the time, but he can catch the football. He's got soft hands from what I've seen. You got, Take that for what you, you know. Absolutely. But, you know, the, the a lot of that onus falls on that, that coach too. Now, yes. if you are limited – by by your ability to 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 recognize this is what I have here. <clears throat> yeah. We've been running spread offense, you know, for the past five years. But right now I just drafted a guy that can run the ball. 
You know, yeah. th- there are things like this guy. This guy is is averaging eight yards a carry, eight yards oh, a pop. You know what I mean? So we need to listen. Listen, guys, we're gonna we're gonna run some uh, more two tight ends. We're gonna run a little more formations. We're gonna put more in the box to help out our running back here um, because that's where we're moving this year. You know, yeah. and, and and so th- I think a lot of that onus of exactly what you're talking about is understanding what you have. You know, and, and and not wasting the years, wasting this back's body, having him, you know, spread out and and take shots, pop shots from guys coming in, uh, uh, trying to fight for these yards instead of helping him out with the, in the run game. Yeah, how how much is it right? Like, say Bijan comes to your team. How much is on Bijan? How much is on the coach in the NFL? Because to me, right, like th- there's so much focus on the player. He's underperforming. He's not making this play. He's got to be smarter in this situation. How how much do you weigh it? As, as a former player on my coach put me in a bad position and I'm trying to do the best I can versus I just got pure talent and I should be able to make these plays. Well, what you've seen from him, he's got, uh, he's got, he's got, uh, he's got elite vision. He's got a, yes. a, incredible patience. Oh he knows God. when to hit it. He's got home run speed. He can run in between the tackles. He's going to run through guys. You know, he's going to fight for yards. He also is a, is smart enough to know. Listen, I got it. I know when I know when I when when it's time to go down. I know when it's time to go out. I know I'm a great blocker. I'm a great with my hands. Yeah. He's a guy that you you like as a coach because you feel like he can play in any system. Now, now the thing is, just because he can play in any system doesn't mean that he should be in every system. You know, it just means there's some flexibility. I would want to run him if I get him. Listen, I want to do what he likes the most. And I'll be able to do things that I like the most because he's so versatile, you know, yeah. but I, but there's got to be some give and take. Listen, we're not going to just do everything that I like to do, Bijan. You know, I know what you like. You know, I'll sit in the room and say, hey, what do you prefer? And those yeah. are the things we're going to tailor to you while we also do some of the things that I like because you can do it all. That's why a guy like him is so special. If Bijan is sitting there, let's say uh, draft days is Thursday. Thursday comes around. Bears move back. If Bijan's sitting there at 17, is that too high to take him? You're talking about the Bears. You know what I mean? Now, is there is there a is there a tackle? Is there a defensive uh is defensive tackle? Broderick or Jones is still tackle? slated to be Broderick Jones still slated to be on the board as of right now, right? Nobody so, knows what so anyone's you're, gonna do. So you're asking me right now to say, yeah. all right, there's a defensive tackle, a three technique, yeah. there's also an offensive tackle that's on the board, and yeah. I'm gonna say Forget those two guys. I'm going to go get this running back. Kalijah can't. Let's say Kalijah can't. He's still there. Questions with the motor. Let's say Broderick Jones is still there. You know, you, he's a guy that can be plugged in, and he looks like he's going to be able to play right away. Can't do it. But Bijan's a can't miss prospect. Can't do it. Where's too high for you? Too high. Too high is is there is well, if you get him in the if if he if he reaches to the second round, you which know, is being questioned, if he gets to the second round, you know, then yeah. that, that changes things a little bit. Yeah. You know, there's because. At this point now, you know, we've got a couple of second round picks. I can t- I can take that. I'll take that, and yeah. I'll still be able to get uh, get an, another O line or D lineman. But uh, at at a and to me in the, in the first three rounds is when you get your most quality talent. Yeah. Um, by on average, on average, yeah. So then, yeah, then then maybe I would do that. But you know, he'll be gone before then. 
He'll be no, gone. No, no first round love for you for Bijan. And it's not about you know it's not to about the, bears, the love. To the Bears, listen, let, right, let me clarify. Right to the Bears. To the Bears. Yes. Right. He's gonna get he's love. A, he's a just... first round pick. That's that's what I've said. I was like Bijan is an amazing. Yeah. I, and I've been somebody. I'm like the Bears shouldn't go get him. We're not in that position. I like a, a, a Kenny McIntosh in the fifth round. Right. Similar size, hard runner. A lot of those different things. Right. But I I, I just think that right like. A lot of times we we compartmentalize like oh he shouldn't be a first round pick no he's a first round talent he's he's not gonna miss absolutely and you, and you look at listen we get we do the things that we did if 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 we were in the position last year where we are right now making those picks and now this year is next year with the two yeah. first round picks then I can yeah. say hey listen I take him with one of those first picks. I'll take him with one of those first picks. I'll take him with that second first round pick if he's still there. But I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get that O lineman or D lineman or D in rushing wherever I need with the first pick. Yeah. And and I, and to me, it's not a reach then. Yeah, because you again, right? If you if you're the 49ers, you got pick of the litter because you got everything you need. You now you just adding two. Hey man, we we are having a uh, we we got to close this thing out. We're coming into the fourth oh, quarter. This is crunch time. This Ooh. is where we pick the mind of Lance. Briggs, ladies and gentlemen, the question for Lance. Okay. What is it like to go through draft day? You've been through it. You've experienced it. Is it just crazy high stress? What is your draft day experience like? What do you think these players are going through right now? Uh, well, it's it depends on the player. Depends on the player. Now, I remember being uh, going to the combine, and at the combine they had, you know, New York had a is like a three or four hour test. Seattle yeah. Seahawks had a, like a three or four hour test. Felt like I was going yeah. back to the taking the SAT all over again. <laughs> and uh, and I remember being in there. It was me. It was Chris Sims, and they gave us that. We had no idea it was going to be that long. We have the, yeah. we give us the test. We're taking the test, and um, I'm trying to think of the player. It was a wide receiver. He walks in. They try to hand they hand him the test. He looks at it. It's thick. He goes, listen, tell the Giants if they don't want to draft me, I was all right. He was like, don't tell them, don't worry about it. If they don't want to draft me, right? He says this and walks out. Chris Sims and I looked at each other and we put our head back down and start finishing our tests. <laughs> <laughs> because we, you know, if, if, listen, if you're a top 10 talent and you know it, you're not going to, you don't yeah. have to take that test. You know, it's, yeah. it's one of those things. And so, um, um, leading up to the, the, uh, the, the, the draft, you know, I was one of those guys that was possible first round, but a lock for a second round. That's where that's where my grade was. Yeah. And um and I never thought that I would go past the second round. I thought I didn't know I was gonna go into the third round. So it was a very, very long day. And back then, you know, the they did most of the the draft all that all in that one day. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I had family and friends. We had a got a uh, had uh, uh, rented out some rooms at the uh, uh, Holiday Inn Express in Elk Grove, California. You know, that was really kind of the only hotel we had there. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I had a lot of people show up. A lot of people showed up, you know, and I wanted to – I needed a distraction. So, you know, we all – I mean, we were playing, you know, cards and dominoes and, and everybody was in there having a good time and just enjoying company because there were – I mean, from from – from my youth days, from baseball and football to high yeah. school, everybody that just came in to show show love, you know. And the hardest part of I think of that whole process was I had two connecting rooms, 
one room had the draft on with the yeah. group of folks that were in there with it was filled up over there the other was where i was where we were playing cards and dominoes and stuff like that so i could hear from the separate the, the other room every time a linebacker was drafted and i could hear everybody oh i can't believe you drafted him before you know so it was, you know, I knew they were like, oh, another linebacker must have been drafted, you know, and yeah. then somebody would pop in, say who it was, you know, and and uh, when we got around to the, the third round, um, I knew because so many linebackers had gone, I had to be coming up next because you're going to lose, you know, I mean, there's only so many more quality linebackers that, that teams think. And so when that the, the, the pick came up, um, my agent had called me before. He said, listen, he's like, you're not going to go any further than either Chicago or Cincinnati. You know, and Cincinnati had the very next pick. And so, thank God, Chicago got me uh, the pick before. And, you know, everybody kind of really it was just shared a lot of shared hugs. And it was, and even though I was a little disappointed at, at, at going the third round, I was relieved because I don't have to go through the stress of knowing where, where it's going to be anymore. So the, yeah. the the love that was shared and the hugs and you know uh, you know my family and everybody who was there it was it was uh, it, you know er, er, we and we ended up having a good time the rest of the rest of that day but but that, the relief it was a relief. It it's it's so in, it's always interesting for me to hear like those type of stories right because it's like. You, you know, the love stories that I'm a top ten pick is great to hear that you know you hear the phone call mm -hmm. but it's like man like just sitting there thinking you're going somewhere yeah, and then you slide past and then, right. Like even, even for you, like how was, how was it leading up to getting to the draft? Like was, was, how was pro day for you? Sure. How was the combine for you? How was, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the, um, my, I'll tell you one thing, my combine, my, not my combine, my combine was really good. My combine was very yeah. good. Uh, but my pro day sucked, you know, really? and, yeah, I really hurt myself with my pro day. You know, and so when you think of, when I know that some of the things that hurt me, um, my pro day didn't help me at all. You know, I dried myself out, you know, and yeah. the, there were guys that were supposed to be working out, doing the, the, the workout with me. I had something been a shooter. It was like 18, 20 coaches there and all of them wanted to run drills. And all, both the guys that were running the reps with me, they got hurt. So it was just me by myself, and they were, I'm telling you, these coaches were cycling through. They were cycling through. All right, let's, here we go. All right, boom, I want you here, here you know, and and, uh, and I, I shoot, I tired out, man, you know? Yeah. And uh, and that was the day I remember leaving that, um, that pro day, and the Vikings linebacker coach at the time, you know, he's, he told me, look at my face, he said, you can never play for me. And, uh, and I, that, obviously, you know, even to this day, shoot, I'm, I'm seven years retired. I, I remember that moment. Uh, yeah. do, do you see him now and be like, remember that? Well, remember I couldn't play for you? Well, this is, I mean, you know, to, to fast forward from that, you know, after my freshman or not freshman rookie year, yeah. might, it might even have been my second year. I think it was my, maybe my second year with the bears. He came up to me. He asked me, he said, do you remember me? I said, I'll never forget you. And he said, <laughs> and he said, you know, I was wrong. He's like, I was completely wrong about you. I'm sorry. He's like, you can play anywhere in the league. You know, hey. and you know, I mean, so it was, you know, it, it had a good, had a, had a good ending. It had, happy a, ending. had a happy ending. Yes. It had a happy ending. Uh, Can't go wrong there, man. Right. I, I love that, man. I like the, the, the experience of that, like, right. Like, so you understand kind of 
not to the full extent of everything, right? But Jalen Carter's being hit because of his pro day, yeah. right? Like everybody's looking at him and saying, you you didn't perform well. You don't have a high motor now. And realistically, I looked at that and I was like, wasn't he the only one running those drills? Like He's probably dead now. He shouldn't have came in overweight. Maybe that was a little, little much. But I mean, like I, I, I looked at that and I was like, I, I think he was the only person running drills that day. So that, I mean. And I'm sure there were. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure there were, you know, 32 coaches there that all wanted to run some sort of drill with them. And, yeah. and that's, you know, and, and it's, there's just something to be said. I think that, that there should, I think there should, they should, if it's only one guy, I think they should limit to how many you can do. But uh, either way, regardless of either way, you know, the, you turn the tape on and you know who you're dealing with. So yeah. to me, it's more of, hey, what kind of commitment can we get to you from you, you know, uh, um, you know, just off season, you know, getting prepared, being a leader, the guy that we need, you know, if we, if I can get that commitment from you, uh, you know, then, then we get the guy we want. We yeah. get the guy and, and you're going to be the man for years. So, yeah. so that was important. You know, there, you know, there's a lot of things that come into factor into the draft and it, it weighs it. it and back in those days, it weighed less, off when you're uber talented but when you fall into some of the other levels the second round third round some of those character issues they you know they're like i don't want to have to deal with this guy or deal with that guy you know while i was at u of a we had a you know the coach that recruited me was fired dick tomey and in came john makovic and john makovic's tenure at arizona was was a rocky one. It was extremely rocky. And there were a lot of players that were unhappy there, you know? Yeah. And so it was an issue where I'm leaving. This isn't necessarily my issue, but I have so much love for the guys that came here and played at U of A that to me, it's always been bigger than me, you know, and I'm not going to walk away from you guys, even though I know that this is going to hurt my draft status. Uh, I'm not going to walk away from you guys, men, the, the men that I love the most. You know, so if you need me, I'm here, you know, and that's yeah. one of the things, you know, we had 44 players that went to the president uh, to ask, uh, uh, ask uh, John Mack to be fired that we didn't want to play for him. And it was a big, whole huge ordeal. And that's one of the things that I have was questioned on a lot coming out. And it was, he's a, yeah. he's, he's a, he's a head case guy. You know, he's one of those guys that you have to worry about. So all those narratives, that all come those up, narratives. Yep. The narratives are the one that I try to pick apart the most. We'll have plenty of that on this podcast Monday through Friday. Y'all be in tune with us for that. Absolutely. All right. We are now uh, at the most important part of the game, especially if the game is close, man. We're getting into the two-minute two, two drill minute We're going to rapid fire these questions out. These are questions from the fans, Lance, that want to know from you. I guess me a little bit. There's some questions for me, but mostly you. Uh, first one, Devin DYT asks, Lance, what Green Bay player do you despise the most? Uh, despise despise was the guy that you saw across from you and you were like I got a special hit um you know what I don't I don't even know I don't even know his name but I I would say I despise him but he also helped me to play better like you I think in football you should when you see a cheap shot like you you know you see anybody get blasted or run over or this and that you should always watch that player on the very next play as yeah. on the very next play, when that guy is playing pissed off, you're going to see the best out of him. 
you know, and and I, you know, I remember being cheap shotted, and I didn't even. All I remember, he was number seventy-three, you know, and that's what was told to me. And on the very next play, Green Bay lined up, and uh, I end up. Uh, it was a it was a toss away. I ended up hitting the guard. The guard hit the fullback and took the tailback out, and it was one of those. I was just pissed off, you know, and so. <clears throat> So that's you know I, again I don't I don't know his name didn't didn't need to know his name all I needed to know is that somebody from the other team hit me. Hey, somebody drop that in the comments because I was trying to find it real quick. He, he dropped number seventy three. Seventy three got laid out. That's what Lance is saying. Ooh. All right, let's get another one. Uh, Lance with the current regime. This is from YouTube. Do you believe in the hits principle? In the what? The hits principle what? that Eberflus is running. Yes. I believe in what I believe in what uh, Iberflus is doing, uh, you know, and, and the proof has always has been in the pudding. Um, when he was at Indianapolis, this team flew around and they made differences. They were one of the top defenses in the NFL consistently. Um, one of the coaches that uh, uh, um, I've always been uh, extremely um, um, have a lot of respect for. I learned a lot from him. Rod Marinelli is a guy that uh, Iberflus coached with and learned from. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's to me, he's part of the tree. He's part of the yeah. tree. And if you're part of the tree, then you you understand what I, we all understand the same things. You know, you got to play fast. You got to play physical. You know, it's it's assignment, alignment, key, uh, execution. You know, it's all of that stuff. So, um, yes, I'm in. Hey, I'm, I'm right there with you. One more before we get up out of here real quick. Which of your teammates is from Chi Town Hustler? Which of your teammates would make a good coach? That is including yourself. The guys, all the guys that I started with, or started with me. Shoot, even the guys that did start with me. Yeah, these, I think they'd all be great coaches. Um, the things you're going to learn from a Charles Tillman um, is, is is priceless. The things you learn from a shoot, the things you'll learn from a Brian Erlacher. You're going to learn how to play the game. You're going to be loud. You're going to be communicating. Um, Alex Brown, shoot, Mike Brown. You name the player that I played with, and I'll tell you a guy that's going to be a great coach. So you know, and, and you know, to each their own. I don't know who who wants to do that or doesn't. But if you yeah. do, you're getting a tree guy. So you got a, a Matt Eberflus that's has his hits program, or or the way he's coaching things. You get the the response that he gets in Indianapolis. He's getting in Chicago. That's yeah. where you what you're going to get, no matter where you go. It's about the players, not the scheme. Hey, man, this has been the Chicago Bears podcast. This is the Monday episode with Pat the Designer and Lance Briggs. We appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. As always, we'll be here Monday through Friday every week. You can catch me and Lance here every Monday. If you haven't done so, man, hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago Bears, Chicago Bears daily yes. on this channel. And uh, if you haven't left a five-star review, what are you really doing? Are you really a Bears fan? Come on now. Mm. If you're a Bears fan, drop that five-star review. Hey, Please as go. always, man, yes. boy, Pat the Designer, back at it again. Lance, great episode, man. Appreciate you pulling up. As always, y'all stay safe out there, Chicago, and bear down.